fear can't exist as much when you're honest. It, it finds its space best when you're in denial. And so you run away from it in fear of it, you know, but you don't run away from it in joy of it. You either stand with it or go towards it. So again, if you realize it's, the, it's a journey and each step matters more than the overall idea of getting there, the fear of crossing this bridge. Again, my parkour world brings all of, all of, all of conversations like this into a physical perspective. If I take a student out on their first day, I always introduce them to two realities. We can either do it like a jam, which is a, um, a way of coming together and just learning from each other, or we can do it like a teacher and a student where I show you something and I ask you to repeat it and we go over breaking it down. You have to realize that fear will exist regardless because it comes from a lack of knowing. Welcome to the Mindful Rebel podcast, a podcast where mindfulness and leadership intersect. My name is Sean Moore and I help people cultivate their energy, whether that's through this podcast platform, design and branding services, direct energy work, workshop and presentation facilitation, or Gallup certified strengths coaching. In this week's episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with H. Cosmo Palmer. Born and raised in Jamaica in 1980, Cosmo was diagnosed with a bad heart. He received two open heart surgeries before he left. One was to save his life, the other was to resolve a stroke and possible heart failure, all before the age of five. He moved to the US in 1988. Meeting his mother, father, and sister for the first time was the start of this new journey. From Florida to Georgia and now in Colorado, Cosmo continues to cultivate his creative passions to seek self-expression and identity, whether that's as a parkour athlete, artist, yogi, meditation practitioner, or creator of Clouds, an acronym that represents consciousness leaping over unknown dimensions in space. All right, welcome to this week's episode of the Mindful Rebel podcast. I am excited to be chatting with Cosmo. Man, listen, I'm, I'm excited. I know this is going to be a dope conversation. Um, yeah, thank you for taking the time out to be, be on the show today. No problem. Thank you as well, Sean. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to be here. Perfect. So again, the, the best place, you know, where I do with all the podcasts is like, let's set some foundation. Let's get grounded in the conversation. Um, and in that, I think the best place always to start is like, talk to me a little bit about your journey. You have a really unique background, you know, from athlete to artist, to yogi, to meditation practitioner, like talk to me about your journey and what brought you to where you are um, in these, you know, respective spaces um, today. Uh, well, um, honestly, I say it would start from when I was born in Jamaica in 1980. Um, I was born with a heart condition, and due to that, I had to receive an open heart surgery at four days old. Uh, there was a lot of possible complications in regards to that in Jamaica in 1980, and my mother still proceeded with it. And due to it, um, I was less, left hospitalized for the next four years with a heart murmur and some conditions that had to be. Um, monitored for the, that time. In that time period, my mother and father had left the country, um, you know, to hopefully bring their children up and make for better lives. And so I lived with my grandmother. And in that space, my grandmother was really supportive of me being physically healthy as much as um, feeling a part of the family. Um, I grew up thinking my cousins were my brothers and sisters and my neighbors were just extended families. Um, I ran around, we, we had a goat and chicken farm so living with my grandparents, we, or myself and my cousins, we had to really learn on the field right away. 
a lot of things weren't really explained. It was a matter of doing. And um, as I got older, meaning like about five or six, um, I met my mother for the first time and she took myself and my sister um, around the age of nine and 10 to America. So fast forward to 89, 90, um, or 80, 88, not 88, 89, I'm living in America with my mother and my sister that I really just met. And I think that that kind of application to someone early from being physically going through an um, open heart operation and, you know, being pronounced dead and then being brought back to life and being told that, um, this, you know, there's a 50-50 chance with his heart. Um, I kind of, it seemed like I veered out on the positive side where it came to that physicalness and then where life brought me examples. Um, I had to learn to go through those adversities at an early age, even without, you know, logically understanding it or having some type of educational background of how to approach trauma. So I just lived through it or learned how to um, find consistency in that intensity. And um, I think with that, when it came to just being myself, it was easier because I didn't need um, friends because I was always being hoisted or I felt being brought into realities where my only friend was myself. Mm. So by 10 and 11, when I'm now meeting my father for the first time, um, that too, father-son relationship and, you know, scientifically or historically or so said, uh, you're fully, you know who you are by the age of six, seven, eight, definitely by 10. You know, your, your mind or your personality per se is already developed. And here it is, I'm now meeting my father for the first time. So it's not the same dynamics I would assume that a father and son would have. It's more like this man and this young boy. Um, so again, I just grow. And I think with that, I, when I want to try something, I don't look for someone to tell me yes or no, because I didn't grow up with that dynamics I felt. I didn't feel like I was um, traditionally taught to have fear um, more than when my mother's like, be, be careful on the streets, you know, and don't stay at people's homes or things, you know, things that you would naturally think living in the environment we did, you would be told. But when it came to that um, upbringing of knowing who your mom was and having that smell of her, or that touch of her, or that knowing of her, I didn't have that right away. So um, it was always about self, but not me, not the me ego, but the who am I? And so honestly, being my name is Howard, you know, I go by Cosmo for the sense that I want people to remember what I represent more than a person. Um, being called Howard and being and growing up in 1980s in Florida, um, Howard the Duck was definitely a popular thing. And having a strong accent and looking the way that I did and kids are kids, we are, you know, kids, kids are, kids are rude. <laughs> kids can be harsh. You know, kids can be honest. And more importantly, that obviously affected my, um, my self-esteem over time. Because, you know, if I'm trying to find out who I am with my parents, as much as I'm trying to find out who I am with myself and my friends, um, and then I'm being called names or being, um, you know, pushed around for it. And my mother moved a lot, like every year, every two years we moved because she was a single parent with two to three kids. Um, again, adjust, learn, learn how to flow. And um, unfortunately, the, the, the contrast to that or the negative side to that, I, I built up a certain fight or flight syndrome. So what it came to being 
um, when it came to being better or finding self-betterment, I had to turn to, again, things that felt comfortable. And climbing and jumping and moving around felt comfortable. And whether it had a name or not, it didn't matter to me. And when I was at work, I would make sure I do my work. And outside of that, I would go outside on my breaks and find things to jump and climb and roll around to. And, you know, my, co- my coworker one time asked me what I was doing, said, I'm just trying to jump over my Jeep, you know, trying to figure out a way over it with just touching with one hand. And he introduced me to the, um, the idea of parkour. He said, it's this big thing in France. Um, he had heard about it because he traveled a lot. And um, I said, sure, I'll check it out. There was nothing going on in Atlanta at the time. And I just started it on my own. And because I had the, I don't know, ability to, do stuff without people's um without seeking somebody's approval i just did it and i posted videos and i talked about it and that's like one example of how i got into parkour meditation is the same thing i just i wanted to get better with myself and reading and studying self-help books and the idea of how to um self-medicate or self you know self-heal was 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 important to me um i know you've heard of queen afua her book that came out years ago, I would read that a lot. I would try to find out ways of how to heal thyself. Um, Not because it was fashionable or the thing to do, because honestly it wasn't. It was just, I wanted to get better. And um, whatever things that I felt wasn't right was a um, a lot that I wanted to focus on. And, you know, again, pros and cons. You can live up to your own expectations. And when people come around you, and if they don't, then you have to learn that people are people, you know, and we're here to learn from each other. And um, that took a second to resonate with me because I felt like, well, if you weren't a part of your own growth as well, then we can't be friends because I don't want that energy around me. And I realized those are um, examples how to get better in yourself because you might be focusing on only the positive things and saying that you're doing great, but then, you know, your bills are back or you don't spend enough time with your family and and friends. So it's kind of how I got into that and how I continue to stay in that space. I just look at my life and I create those mindfulness moments um, because I know it adds to the overall reality of where I live and just say, hey, have I read something this week, this month, this year? And if I have, what, what did I read? Um, if I haven't, then I make space for reading. It might not be every day. It might not be something I can post on social media to tell everybody you should read and this book is that, but it's definitely something that it's obvious that this person or, you know, I'm trying to put that positive and um, mindfulness into the world. And it's just how I live and easier said than done, Sean, but it's definitely um, how I do that. So with that, you know, I've, there's a few points that I, I just jotted down some notes that I want to want to venture into. But one of the areas I want want to talk a little bit about is: can you talk to me about, um, you know, your your time in parkour as a parkour athlete? One, you know, maybe give my listeners a little context about what parkour is, and mm-hmm. then uh, was there some any lessons you learned in that space that were beneficial for you as you kind of move forward uh, with some of the other, um, you know, work that you kind of um, that you're into and, and now. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, you know, I started parkour in 2006, 2007. Prior to that, the idea of meditation and um, wholeness, I didn't even 
call it mindfulness as at, back then I call it wholeness was big into my life. Um, parkour came in and for those who may not know, parkour is like a training discipline using movement um, that's developed from running, climbing, jumping, rolling, and you use it to go from point A to point B over complex environments, um, inside or outside. So if you think of someone doing obstacle course running, it does have that ninja warrior style flair, but not so structured. Um, it's more of a freeing, uh, an expression of your moment, of your moment and your movement. So it's like a moving art. And what I love about parkour is that the artistic expression into it. Um, as an artist, who I perceive myself to be, I make music and I make my music to express that art. Um, the art of consciousness, the art of self-growth, the art of self-development, and what it looks like um, when you get comfortable in those expressions. Parkour is an expression for me in that way. I express myself as much as my, my physical movement art through that. And then I bring, like, I bring the music that I create into it. I've created, um, I'm the first and only so far, I hope there's more and people that we can create, but I'm the only person in the U.S. to ever combine a park, um, hip hop and parkour and actually make a video doing parkour while I'm rapping and talking about parkour. So it, it, it definitely speaks to my ability to hone in onto those things and where my music comes in in that same way. I, I call myself Cosmo again, the cosmonaut, Achilles the cosmonaut. Achilles is an acronym for all knowledge is living universally submissive. Um, being able to open yourself to yourself, like the idea of your universal self. And my music, my intent behind my music when I talk about it, like a very popular song in my work right now is called New Vision. And I wrote that song many years ago, but I knew that it was going to take some time to fully come out and, and find the right tone and reflection. And when it was done recently, it definitely had the same reflection or the expectation behind the reflection. I thought people loved it. And they, it resonated with them to the point that you know, some people are, it's a part of people's life right now. And that to me speaks to, again, going back into your artistic expression and something that you love and looking at yourself and finding avenues and venues to do that. Parkour would be, parkour and yoga would be my physical representation of that. I, I love yoga. I love the, the vinyasa aspect. I love all of them, but I try not to say that I do yoga more than I, um, I stretch my body. And if I feel an ale point and if I feel something, then I go to that. Yoga is like a formulated practice to that, you know, or a formation to that, something that, uh, that you can follow along A to B. And parkour, too, has its own expression in that way, as much as music and rapping has its own expression where you can, okay, now go, now speak, now pause, now. But you can also be very free. You can be very free in that as well. You can free yourself in this physical movement as much as you can free yourself in your breath and your meditation and your physical stretching practice. And as much as you can free yourself in your writing and your articulation of that expression, those three venues is where I believe I exist. And I um, use them to different examples, whether it be open poetry or straight up rap song, or it could be um, just some basic hand placement and jump, or it could be a wall flip climbing 10 feet down, flipping off of that wall, rolling out, running. Um, or it could be just a, a downward dog, or it could be downward dog to handstand, roll forward. It, again, it's your space or my space, and then I maximize that expression based on how I, my emotional standpoint. Where do I feel best in that, that, that buoyancy of what I'm doing and how I feel about what I'm doing? And um, 
you know, that's, that's, I, I feel if that helps answers your question. Cause, uh, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. One question I have though, that as, as you, um, you know, listening to you speak, um, you know, it, it seems like an understanding like your, your childhood and, and thinking about the work that you do now, like autonomy and independence has, has been a, a major kind of force for you. And in that, I know sometimes that ego can be, uh, can travel along in that space too. And so mm -hmm. with the freedom that you've had to kind of do and navigate in these spaces as you see fit or what, or flow in a way that's, um, you know, authentic to who you are, how do you combat or handle or you know kind of deal with ego um and, and the relationship you may have with that concept thank you for asking that question we'll start there and the, the idea behind that for me um is that i look at ego like an idea or an expression of my fullness right it has a time and place um, it's not something that I look to suppress um, more than I look to something to manage. And if I need to put it in a suppressive position or place, um, then I'll do that um, just so that it can, so that the other side of ego, the full expression of the non, you know, um, can live. And uh, recently, like around the beginning of March, um, I put a post up on my Instagram Howard Cosmo Palmer, drop that real quick, <laughs> talking about um, something that I listen to often um, called uh, What is the Ego? And it was made, it was made by um, Deepak Chopra, and it, it talks about fear. And it, it speaks about the ego in a way that it teaches you how to separate the, the consciousness from it. He uses ego and turns the, the word into an acronym meaning edging out God. And whenever you step into that um, ego, you're edging out God. You don't feel balanced. You feel overshadowed or you feel that your spirit and your body has a tightness to it. And um, I couldn't repeat it for you, but the idea is, is that's I do something similar to that for myself. I know that when I am in control, I feel confident and I feel like I can do anything. Confidence and being able to feel like you can do anything to me become two separate realities. Confidence, confidence comes from an experience or the idea that I've done this or I can do this because of whatever condition um, makes me believe that. Going at it as if like no one can stop me and I can do it all on my own um, and I don't need anybody's help, to me that's the ego because that's not confidence. Confidence can seek help and support. Ego thinks like, well, I'm just going to do it because I'm, you know, whatever. No, um, I, I, I can do that. Um, and that has been, I've, I've done that before. But what I've learned from that is, again, it's the time and place. If I'm not hurting anyone or if I don't feel I am and I can do a check or a reference or I can do an example of doing it first and then apologizing later. But the idea is that if I don't feel like I'm intentionally hurting anybody, again, back to my emotional standpoint, and I've done some type of work or example of proof to it, then I'm gonna do it. And that, that, that thought and expression shows itself best in my um, physical life, like my parkour, because a lot of that movement comes from commitment, comes from having um, balls per se, like you know, to jump to something and know that um, if you don't make it, what you need to do. 
I do a lot of preparation and thought and physical life before I do something. But some of it is just really guts. I just go at it. And if I make it, woo, yes. If I don't, then I just prepare for the fall. And that's where I say I can place my ego where outside of that, my regular life is, is systematic. Wake up, take some medicine, take your, do some stretches, go forward. And when I win for the day, that I don't feel like that's my ego. I feel like oh, I did everything I wanted to do. Yes. And um, I use those examples into other things into my life. Um, what it does cause on the back end, I could say, or, or a high contrast, is that I don't associate a lot with people. Because if you're not into your own mission and we find ways to combine, I right now don't have a way to just wait on you. I don't have a way to check up on you to just see how you're doing. If you saw that football game, if you're just hanging out doing nothing, um, because I don't feel that's my journey. I don't feel like I'm here to live your life as much as I'm here to live my life with you as much as you live your life with me. We are in it together, but I don't walk in your shoes. So if I feel like I want to go out and do something for the day, I find space a biggest example of that is in a relationship with someone that you want to love and continue to love. So maybe you want to go walking for the day and he or she doesn't, you find the, you find the in-between. You either go by yourself or you go at a shorter period of time where you both can enjoy it and you come back home. But it, it, it doesn't allow you or me, I'll speak for myself, it doesn't allow me to feel like my ego can take too much control when, I'm, when I create spaces like that. Um, spaces where I seek other people's help and support as much as spaces where it's up to me to get it done or it's never going to get done. So with that, you know, just thinking and, and, you know, kind of staying in the same space, you know, how do you, you know, with the work that you do, you know, especially like as a disciplined athlete, like thinking about like having a particular practice or routine and what that looks like, um, how do you stay motivated um, and maybe what are some, you know, advice you'd give to folks that may be in a space where motivation might be part of um, what they're lacking as they try mm -hmm. to move forward in their journey? Uh, well, I, I'd, again, motivation for me, too, is a daily um, struggle. Yeah, I say it's a daily roller coaster, um, but one that I enjoy. Again, I find, I believe that it's best to find joy, but not like, Oh, Jesus, Lord, you know, not, 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 not a joy you need to project so much that it seems weird, but a joy that feels calming. And if I want to do something, whatever it is I want to do, I first ask myself, is it me that want to do it? Or is it some type of, if I do it, people will be happy when I do it. Mm. And if I can separate that enough, then the choice is mine. Um, I look at the word freedom as a biggest example of how I choose my day-to-day -day thoughts and action behind staying disciplined and finding consistency. Am I, do I feel like when I do this act, am I expressing myself fully and do I feel free? Or when I do this act, is there a lack of expression and do I feel confined in tightness to where I can call this act almost dumb? And if I'm if if those those two paths, I come to that path that 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 fork in the road or that Y in the road. Am I freeing myself or am I bringing myself in some type of space where my actions look dumb? And so that's my freedom. That's how I I I, I live or I put forth myself 
And so if I say, I'm going to work out today and I don't work out today, okay, I didn't work out today. It's not the end of the world. I'm not going to get 30 pounds fatter. My life is not going to end. No one's not going to continue to hate me. I don't add to it. It's just that I didn't do the workout today. Okay, well, you know what? I'm going to stretch for five minutes. I did that. There you go. So, ha, you know, I kind of outdo myself in that way, in a positive way, because it's not about a struggle. It's about the journey and finding joy in that journey. And so I don't get caught up in the idea, and whether it's true or not, that I didn't do something. Now, I do struggle, just like anybody else, to your point of when I might find myself in a point, uh, a space, and a point in that space to say, well, you know what, you didn't do this. You literally um, was lazy about this. You didn't take time to actually sit down and do this. Now, it's not done. Okay, are you upset? Yes. Okay. What are you going to do about it? Um, well, I can do it or I can just not do it because it's already not been done. I can start over or I can just let it go where it is. And then again, I'm back to that free in that dome or that, that space of choosing left or right, but I'm never not choosing. And as long as I'm choosing, then whether I did it or not still empowers me to find space to do it again or move on to something even better. And that's, that, that's for me has been working so far. Um, if I can now express that with others, it, it works great. Because if someone's motivated too to get things done, I already know what that feels like. And if someone's motivated not to do something or the lack thereof, they just want to sit around the house or do nothing, um, then that's okay too. I don't have to feel like, well, I don't want I don't, I don't to sit around the house all day and that, that makes me feel, no, it, does, it shouldn't. It shouldn't, maybe it can, but it shouldn't. Go do what you're doing and then come back and feel that satisfaction that you did what you wanted to as much as you came back to a space where you and someone else can share too. It's, it's a journey, Sean. It's a journey. We're all in it together. Um, it's, sometimes you don't assume because you, you think no one knows what you're thinking and, and truly you shouldn't care or know what other people are thinking because it's expressed in their actions and in their physicalness of life. And to your point and to your podcast, it becomes their mindfulness. It becomes how they think and act and move across world or, or the world itself. Uh, if they think of it or if we think of it like a meditation, then what is the purpose of that meditation in that mindfulness? Am I doing something that daily or, or continuously gives me joy? Or is it giving me some type of aggravation and, and every day I wake up saying, I hate my job, I hate my job, I hate my job but then I don't ever want to be fired from my job. You're putting that energy out in your, into the universe that you have conflict and the universe is only going to answer to your subconscious mind. You want to lose your job. So what's going to happen? You're going to lose your job. But here's that opportunity that you indirectly asked for because maybe now you want to be that entrepreneur and you guess what? You're jobless. You got an opportunity to go, I did that to myself. That's how I can speak to that. You know, and I did it in a way where I thought I didn't, I wasn't doing it. So again, it's a journey. Even when you think you have it down, you still have to be in a space where, um, again, joy and comfort is the zone. Because I really felt comfortable working in that job and sitting in that office and doing what I wanted to do. Um, but in the back of my mind, I knew that wasn't my space. And there were times when I came home or left the job or while at the job, expressed that, like, oh, I don't 
God, I can't wait for the day to be over. Or God, I can't wait for this manager to leave. Or God, like, why? Why, why is all of that going on if you want to be here? You obviously don't. So don't act like it. And so um, that would be my answer or my support to anyone in a smaller and sum, summarize that is just find your space and find it in joy and then do whatever you want to from there. As long as you're not hurting anyone, as long as you find love and support in those actions, go, go talk to your kids, go talk to your family, um, not necessarily about your dreams, but maybe about their day. Find balance. Don't be so caught up in your own thoughts and mind because that's where the ego thrives the most. You know, find, find mindfulness in just your actions more than in your thoughts. I know the word mindfulness makes you think of the mind, but there's a brain and there's a mind. You know, so be, be, be with the brain sometimes and the brain could be just be with your family and be with friends and just relax. And then when the mind um, needs to get full or you need to feel like what's going on in my life, then take like, Meditate, sit down and think about it, write it down, create a dream, a dream journal or one of those um, vision boards, you know, something that gives you the idea that things are working together in a broad perspective um, versus the, the fear you might have of missing out of not doing that daily action the way that you so wanted to. There was something that you mentioned just in terms of this whole idea of comfort. And then, you know, we had this conversation around fear as well. Do you think that there's fear in getting comfortable in a space? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Fear is, fear is a teacher um, as much as learning is a skill. You know, it's not something that exists. And then we learn how to interact with it, like um, growing up. To me, the, the, the idea was thought that men and women are different. That, you know, as a man, you can logically figure out a way to make a woman happy. You know, once you figure it out, then you got it. And, and you slowly realize, hopefully, that they're human just like you. And it has nothing to do with you logically making anything right or wrong. It has everything to do with you getting in your space and getting right with that journey and being honest with yourself. Um, the fear can't exist as much when you're honest. It, it finds its space best when you're in denial. And so you run away from it in fear of it, you know, but you don't run away from it in joy of it. You either stand with it or go towards it. So again, if you realize it's, the, it's a journey and each step matters more than the overall idea of getting there, the fear of crossing this bridge again, my parkour world brings all of, all, of, all of conversations like this into a physical perspective. If I take a student out on their first day, I always introduce them to two realities. We can either do it like a jam, which is a, um, a way of coming together and just learning from each other, or we can do it like a teacher and a student where I show you something and I ask you to repeat it and we go over breaking it down. You have to realize that the fear will exist regardless because it comes from a lack of knowing, you know, um, but a lack of knowing is not something that's wrong. That's why knowledge is separate from education. That's why learning is a, is a skill. It's not something you have. It's something you develop. And I would say that you develop stronger fear the more you run away from something more than if you find a way to exist within the journey of it. Um, easier said than done. But again, if you look at fear like that, like a, a tool you use, if you make it strong, then it's going to be hard for you to work with it, especially if you're weak 
you know, and um, weak in the idea of standing against your fear. They say faith is one good way to balance that. The more faith you have, the less fear you have. Um, I'm not here to say it's wrong or it's right. I'm just here to say that you can balance anything you want. And it doesn't have to be dominant in your life as much as it could be a part of the journey. Hmm. So with that, I think that's a good transition into chatting just a little bit about, you know, some of these term terminologies. Um, and, you know, for you, based on your perspective, like how do you define leadership? Um, yeah, maybe what's a quality that you feel like every leader should possess or that, make, that makes a, a leader a good leader? Epson salt. No, that's not a quality. <laughs> that's a product. Um, just, just, I think a way to make themselves laugh at themselves. I think you shouldn't take yourself seriously um, when you find yourself in a leadership space more than you should take your work um, as, as the example of what you stand for. And the more you do your work the right way, the more those people or those places or those realities will continue to support and follow to make you a leader. A leader is not self-proclaimed in my, in my world. Um, you can be an OG, like I definitely think you do something long enough, you can be definitely an OG in that. But a leader is something different. Some, a leader is defined um, by his, in his or her environment. And usually uh, the community defines a leader. So the biggest thing I would say is you, it, whatever your work is, do it to the best of your ability and do it, do it in love and do it in the space that you want to give back to, to, to the world, to that reflection of yourself, that universal self. And when people come along to find out about it, be honest, as, be honest with them. And that would help you become a stronger and more consistent leader because people know when they're being lied to. You know, eventually we will all figure it out. And um, I think that's more important to keep in mind that you're not here for yourself when you take on a role of bringing back or giving back to the people. You're here for the people. So they help you and give you that ability into your strength. So with that, how do you define, you know, we've tapped into it, to it, you know, throughout the conversation, but for you, you know, how do you define mindfulness um, in particular? Mindfulness is that space between your breath of the inhale and the exhale, that, that space that exists right there. To me, that's mindfulness. Now, how does it, come down or come into a practicalness of your life or something practical um, it's being or having the ability to be present in your moment but not be overwhelmed in that presence and so you could be present with the idea that you're a human living on this planet inside of a moving galaxy at space at certain amount of miles per hour or you can be present that you're just sitting here right now with your legs dangling over the chair. The mindfulness is how much of that moment can you breathe into without feeling overwhelmed by it. You can go jumping in the deep end of a pool and get comfortable. And that's mindfulness to me because you still have to find a way to float or you'll sink. 
It, it's not over. It's just now easier. And now within that space, you can flow. One thing I want to, uh, I guess, touch on is that, you know, in reading your bio, you know, there was a, an acronym that you put in your bio um, for clouds. Mm. Talk to me about that. <laughs> Where did that come from? When I read it, I was like, <laughs> talk to me about that. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. I know I'm full of chatter, so I'll definitely try to make it simple. Yeah, fine. Um, <laughs> clouds um as it states is consciousness leaving leaping over unknown dimensions in space i don't know man um i do a lot of mindfulness in regards of when my meditation i sit and just stare and i remember seeing this cartoon as a child when they would stare up at the clouds and like you know um the cloud would turn into something it'd be a cupcake or it'd be a playground set or it'd be you know whatever they imagined and um i just i think that just held on to me as a as a growing into an adulthood or adulting into life and the one thing i realized um was that our thoughts were like clouds in our mind or you can get cloudy in your thoughts you know or you can get clouded mind and i'm like well what's the difference between the clouds in the sky and and having a clouded thought you know it's just you, you just it's just clouds and so to be above the clouds is to be above your the mind chatter and and to to keep leaping over that and so i just sat down with the word for five minutes the word cloud for five minutes and then i thought of thoughts and then i said clouds and then i'm like well what is clouds and it's it's your consciousness and then you know and, and then the letters were there um and then it just popped right out you know consciousness leaping over unknown dimensions in space and those unknown dimensions are essentially your streams of thought and that space is your mind. And as the cosmonaut, um, it was easy to reflect in that thought because um, it said that the Russians were the first in space. And I love the idea of being, being, of being that. And as the cosmonaut, I want you to be the first in the space of your own mind, the space of your own universe, your inner space, and realize like that is your, that is your, um, inner, your inner space. I, I, I call myself um, an inner space architect or inner space archaeologist. You know, I'm studying myself like as if I'm going over different lands and different environments. And as a cosmonaut or as an astronaut, someone that's in their own space, you're going to go to different worlds. And in that world, you need to learn how to have your own self with you and trust your suit and trust your, 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 your what you have because it's a brand new environment. And that's kind of where all those things mesh together. And that's where clouds came from consciousness leaping over unknown dimensions in space um, and then I jump on stuff you know? so it makes it easier for me to believe like I am my I am the consciousness jumping over objects in space or leaping over unknown dimensions in space yeah man that's dope when I, I have <laughs> thank you man I'd love to turn it into something back to what I was saying earlier about being present um and then being a presenter you know um if I could turn it into a pair of socks, it'd be awesome. But again, I'd have to promote that and, and make that platform exist. You, you, you man, you, you need to. <laughs> you, you need to yeah. Oh, yeah, look at that trademark, all that good stuff. Like that's, yeah. That's I, I'm, I'm, this, is, this is where the, um, to me, the ego doesn't exist. And I seek support and I go out and I learn and I find people in the right platforms or, you know, in the supportive platforms that help me step up like that. I have t-shirts, I have stickers, I have um, 
I have meditation classes, I have parkour classes, I even have socks. But all of this is not known to people because I don't promote it enough. And it's not even that I don't find the space for it to, like I love that when, when I resonate with people like yourself, that you get motivated in your own work and in your own world to do more. Like we talked about um, earlier, and, and I listened to a lot of the hosts that you brought on the podcast. It's a very powerful message and platform you're offering us. You know, so it's it's important that even though I might be here with you, I didn't think of this. I didn't think of the I didn't think of the podcast platform. You did, and now we're helping each other. You're reaching out to me. We're reaching out to each other, and we're formulating this message that now when someone else listens to it whether they're in their car, on the run, in their home, waking up, going through their day, they can now be in that space with us. And that's kind of where I'm looking to be better at, finding, my, finding a way to vibrate or vibrationally um, bring my energy to a point where people like yourself and me can just exist continuously. And we grow and feed off of each other um, together more than when I or you or someone finds like they're around some negative people or in negative environment and all they want to do is shine, you know, and that that's kind of where I constantly balance, you know, finding that because I love what I do because I'm doing it. And if I don't love it, then I don't do it. Um, but it's not about doing something like, well, I don't love paying bills, so I'm not going to pay the bills. I don't love paying taxes, so I'm not paying taxes. No, no, you have to do those things because it's part of the reality you live in or the, you know, the, the America, but do you have to be at a job you don't like? No, you still got to pay your taxes, right? So why don't you find a job that you like and pay your taxes, but don't focus on, you don't love paying your taxes. Cause even if you don't pay your taxes and you're in a job that you want, you could still go to jail. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I want to continue growing. I want to continue vibrating with people like yourself. Thank you so much. And, you know, I'm not saying we're done, but just continuously taking this moment to send energy and gratitude and appreciation and love to you for um, making this up, you know, and finding that vibration and finding that, that channeled energy to be who you are and, and create this platform because we need each other. And that's how I look at it as being able to way to always separate my ego as, as well, because I didn't do this, but I love what you do. You know, and I can't deny that. I can't be jealous of that because it's not going to help me love it. <laughs> you know, it's just going to, it's not going to work for my feeling of joy. Wow. I'm sitting here. I'm just, I'm just kind of taking in what you said. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. You're welcome. I agree. That's, you know, I, I enjoy creating this, this, you know, and working with the podcast because it provides that space to connect. Like, not only is it, you know, creating a great conversation, but it's also connecting, like, knowing that the folks that are on the podcast, like yourself, like, you know, my past guests, like, like-minded folks that are doing some some dope things to be able to kind of connect with and create that kind of network and, you know, help signal boost each other mm -hmm. um, or in these spaces where it's like, man, we're just trying to, we're just trying to take thoughts to the next level. Trying to, you know, I mean... It, it's it's definitely working because I even look at it like on a simple, I don't know if you intentionally did it this way, but your last podcast, um, 76, I'm going to say, um, it talked about breaking through with that guy, Michael, and he had no legs and the adversity of that. And then now if your next podcast is 77, me per se, let's just make this assumption that energy pattern of having no legs to a guy that all he is is legs where he can jump and do all this stuff with his feet. 
is, is the continuation to me that makes me think like, even with whatever, even if you have all the legs or you have no legs, you can still find way to love and grow through your adversities. Because what I don't have um, in comparison to other, you know, things, other people, other people's discipline, I do have on the other side of abundance. And maybe people can see that too in the continuation of your podcast and the message you bring behind, like being the mindful rebel. Um, so that's, I mean, I looked at that and was like, look at that, look at that cosmic connection in my mind. <laughs> I see so. it too. I definitely see it. One thing I want to ask, um, which I love asking, this is probably one of my favorite questions, um, to ask guests, um, outside of the final question is that, you know, what does success look like for you now? You know, it's something that I've been, I've been toying around with thinking about, um, it shifted, I would say, in the last two years a lot because um, life hit and life hit hard. So, you know, one of those things that makes you, you know, think about and assess really, you know, as you get older, it's one of those things that happens too. So, you know, for you, what does success look like for you now? Um, and maybe how do you define that? Uh, well, on the physical aspect, success looks like being able to come home every day and spending time with my girlfriend, um, building that relationship. Um, before it wasn't like that, you know, I was always traveling or I worked overnights. Um, and so the time away from her wasn't the, the time with her wasn't there. So that's one example. The other example of success is being able to manage, um, my bills, my personal bills, whether it be my car note and, you know, things that I have on my side of my budget, um, because it gives me the freedom to be able to sit in the house and do nothing or go out on a trip. Success means time and um, energy freedom, not necessarily money freedom, but time and energy freedom. And with that time and energy for me, then I can create the space that I want to. So um, that is success to me. And time and um, when it gets done doesn't matter because to me the, the time becomes relevant or relative. It's more of where I am in the space of it and, and how I can feel good about doing it. Um, I'm almost 40 years old and there's nobody um, proven to be in the U.S. as much as half of the world. But let's focus on the U.S. at my physical discipline, skill level and experience. There's no 40 year old parkour guy able to run around with 25 year olds and compete and run and do what I do. But this took 13 years to get this this at this level. And I don't even think I'm good. I just think I'm really, really OK. So it's, it's, it's being able to say like humbling yourself as much as, um, finding consistency. My motto on my OG parkour page is consistency over intensity. You know, like that's my success, finding time to doing it, doing it without getting overwhelmed with not doing it. Hmm. Sorry, I'm just, I'm, I'm jotting down notes and like, <laughs> I get into these spaces in the podcast where I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm, I'm digesting. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. Like, I've heard you do this. This is awesome. So at least I know I'm, I'm having you in your most authentic moment as well. Yeah. So. Is there, you know, one thing I like to ask, you know, in the, the essence of like paying, you know, advice and information forward, are there any like resources that have been influential in your own personal growth and development? Like, books, podcasts, songs, TED Talks, yeah, poems, yeah, music, yeah. anything? 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, as a Jamaican or as this type of Jamaican, I won't say, I won't say it like that. I love music and I love the idea of dancing and things like that. So I would say um, music, especially like conscious reggae and dancehall reggae, um, was always a big influence for me to just move my body and express without too much thought. So I'll just say music in general and the music that makes you feel good, but bringing it down to um, something you can maybe eat and digest is that I listen to a, um, a few podcasts and those podcasts, um, I think, centralize around me as a person and me as um, the person that I see myself. So it could be something like the TED Radio Hour, Hidden Brain, um, the RBG Fit Club. Uh, I don't know. Mike Tyson had an old podcast back in the day and just being able to hear him talk about his life. Um, there's another podcast that I, I listen to quite a lot, um, and that's Gary Vee. And, and, and the idea behind his message, I don't necessarily want to be an influencer on that level, but how he approaches it is really uh, unique to me. Um, book, where books are, are concerned, I think I talked about um, that Queen Afua book. It's an old book, but it's always a good book. Um, another book that I know, I'm trying to think of the name of it. I can't even think of the name of it because... Um, I don't even read it like a book. I pick it up and then I go through it. And it's something called The Science of Self-Realization. Thank you. That's it. And it, it just speaks like that. It speaks like ego. It speaks about self. And um, it's just the way I learn more about that I'm human. And the human is not, your, it's not the thought. It's more of the thought in, in thinking, if that makes sense. You know, you are not your thoughts. We've heard that before. Um, but you are your thought in thinking. So whatever that process looks like for you, that's you. And then whatever the outcome is, is the result of you. So I would say that those books on, on, on knowing how to just be yourself are important to me. And like I said, The Science of Self-Realization, The Queen of Fool book, um, Stick from Dead Press came out with a great book that I like to read called uh, Eat Plant, Lift Iron. Um, it just talked about his journey as an artist and someone that was diagnosed with something difficult that he found strength through that adversity and still was able to to grow as a person. And he's he's the you know if you remember if anyone remembered Dead Press they were very influential with the idea of freeing yourself in a system and fight against the government and all this other stuff to now finding this person to be human, learning that he that was a point in his life and now he still has to be human again you know grow and learn so um i can't necessarily say one book is greater than the other but constantly reading constantly moving my body was always a way for me to stay happy and i think that's the biggest thing we all look for is that happiness um some people don't like to read so i can't necessarily say books are the answer but i can say that your happiness is the answer um i have a lot of color in books i like to color um, I'll sit down and do that. <laughs> and as an adult, that might be not um, something you hear, but it's what I do. Nah, man, adult coloring is, is definitely... I got no shame in saying that I color and color books, you know, but um, it's a time and space for it. So, so as, we, as we start to wrap up... Um, 
one question I like to kind of bookmark the the podcast with is that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what type of intention do you set around your legacy, and maybe what does that look like for you? Um, I look at my sister a lot for that example. She has been like a great leader, if that be the case. Um, I would appoint her as the leader in my life because um, the work that she does for herself and for the world, I think it's to me is something I can look up to. Um, That would be my example to find things that make, to find things that make you just feel impossible when you hear it, you know, um, it's very hard to explain at times because you, you, you just feel it. And it's, it's a difficult question. It's a very difficult question. I would say I haven't found a way to answer that. It's, I look towards things that make me feel great and feel good. And I learn from that. And when I do, when I learn from it and I do those actions and what I learn, then that is my legacy. Because you know that I'm being my most authentic self because my work keeps expressing those, those, those verbiage and those examples and those, um, I don't know, those things. Um, I haven't, I can't put it in a book, you know, it can't be, uh, Alexander the Great or Napoleon Hill or, you know, type of book because I don't, I haven't figured out a way to formulate it yet. I just think that it feels good. And when it feels good, you do it. And then you explain what brought you to that point. And then you use um, strengths in those, in that definition to move on to the next point. Um, maybe it's a lack of, you know, traditional mom and dad growing up that I don't know how to do that yet. But I know it's there and I know it comes from a space of how you feel when you do it. Um, and so that, that, is, that would be my answer to that. I just live my life in, in, in an authentic version or the best version I feel. And even when it's something that's not right, that's still me being authentic. Well, you know what? You, you messed up there, buddy. You messed up there big time. And you should fix that because that's not, that's not a good look. Um, and that becomes a part of how my legacy is true to me, that I messed up there, but I won there. Um, that's all I got. No, it was, no, listen. <laughs> Cosmo, listen, thank you. This has been a dope conversation. Um, yeah, this has been a dope conversation. Like, <laughs> You're more than um, welcome, Sean. Thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate, one of the things I say is like, I'm, I'm a textbook um, introvert and mm-hmm one of the, I would say, more selfish aspects of this podcast is it's, it's a way for me to network as well um, mm-hmm. and meet like-minded folks. And I'm, I am grateful um, that, again, like most of these podcast interviews are a shot in the dark <laughs> from finding someone on social media that I think will be great conversation and someone responding and saying, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I really am thankful that you um, took the time out to, to be a part of the podcast. And so um, thank you. Um, Definitely got to figure out how we can connect. Definitely figure out how we can Yeah, connect. man. I'm in Atlanta a lot. I don't know um, if you ever venture in, in our, basically our, our home, because that's us. That's, that's, that's Black People Central right now. Yeah. And, um, but, um, you know, let's, the digital world is our home too. 
So we can definitely stay connected. I, again, I really love what you do, Sean. It's, I mean, I don't know you from Adam, but you know, we're said to come from the same Adam. So I, I do appreciate you in your work and thank you for giving me the opportunity to express. Um, I'm sometimes all over the place, but I really don't feel like that. It's just three things that I do that I really, 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 really love. And I have no um, hints or qualms of expressing it and versions of it. And so maybe that's what makes it look like it's all over the place. But um, we're here, we're here for each other. And, and I wish you all the best in your work. And I know you're doing great. I mean, you have over 70 different episodes. That, that's work, buddy. <laughs> Brother, that's work. That's work. That's definite work, you know. So um all the best to you. And again, thank you and thank the listeners for taking the time to hear me chat. You know, we're here for each other. Please go out and find ways to love yourself more and um, you know, smile, even if you don't want to. It's helpful. How can my listeners uh get in contact with you? Share your social yeah, the social handles, which they'll be posted with the podcast, but quality. Yeah. Um, on Instagram, definitely find me at Howard Cosmo Palmer or OG Parkour. Those are my two main pages that I express from. Um, if you're into or want to find out anything about my music, you can go to any um, music platform, Spotify, iTunes, or just go into Google and type in Achilles the Cosmonaut um, or Cosmonaut Parkour or um, anything that, you know, that seems weird in regards of a spaceman jumping around doing parkour. I have tons of work out there where I'm doing it in space suits as much as I'm doing it in the dark. I just really love what I do. So thank you guys for listening. And I, you know, I appreciate this opportunity again, Sean. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Mindful Rebel podcast. For more podcast episodes with some really dope guests, you can go to my website, seanjmore.com slash podcast. That's seanjmore.com slash podcast. You can also check out past episodes on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Anchor FM. To check out more ways how I help people cultivate their energy, like the podcast, like my design and branding services, direct energy work, or workshop and presentation facilitation, please go to my website, that's seanjmore.com. Again, that's seanjmore.com, and you can learn a little bit more about the services that I offer and the work that I like to do with folks. Thanks again.